This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now. Happy Wednesday and welcome to WPXI Now and Halftime Adjustments. I'm Albie Oxenrider and Chris Carter from DKPittsburghSports.com is on the other side. And we're talking about a lot of stuff, but the important thing is winter is back as we get ready for spring. What do you think, Chris? It doesn't matter what I think, Albie. But what does matter is that I'm tired of seeing snow. I can't believe we saw some snow on a Wednesday morning. And then everyone's like, what's going on? Listen, listen, Summer, you just need to hurry up and get here right now. Yeah, you know what? Anybody outside of Pittsburgh is particularly in the south. If you mention to them that there's even a little bit of snow today, they're like, ha, 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 ha. All right. All right, we'll be back. We'll be back soon to spring, and uh, we'll also be back uh, to football season soon uh, with the draft coming up and uh, off-season uh, happenings with the Steelers. And of course, training camp isn't too far away. And we got the news yesterday that Mike Tomlin, who had one year left in his contract, Chris, was given a three-year extension. Um, you know, I listen. I think this is a no-brainer. Uh, you know, there's a lot of debate on what it means to, to, to give an extension to Mike Tomlin. The Steelers are trying to perhaps find their way right now. Uh, I think it's a great move. What do you think? It doesn't matter what I think, Alvin. You keep trying to get me with these questions, but it does matter what the stability is of the Steelers moving forward. What has to happen for the Steelers is they need someone who's going to guide them into this future without Ben Roethlisberger. And one thing I think that helps solidify Mike Tomlin, you know, for the being being future guy is that he's rebuilt this defense into being a top unit in the NFL. Now, I know some people would say, well, it took him a few years to do that. Like, yeah, you know what? It takes time. And the Steelers have done it a very natural way. Yes, there are some free agent ads like Joe Hayden, you know, the Steven Nelson that they brought in, Tyson, the Lulu, there's guys like that. But by and large, these are homegrown, talented Terrell Edmonds, Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt. Devin Bush, Stephon Tewitt, Alex Highsmith, Cam Hayward, all across the board. The, the guys that have made the core of this defense are homegrown Steelers. And to me, the fact that they are homegrown Steelers is a why you can trust that this Steelers defensive crew will be around for some time and can build on to get more pieces that will become more parts of, of the long-term Steelers defense that they're building. And in this era that's going to be the post-Roethlisberger era, which could come next year, two years, whenever it does come, it's going to take a top-tier defense to, to keep the Steelers competitive and maybe a strong rushing offense, which is why I think they'll draft a running back high this year. Uh, but if you have that, you can compete with a mediocre quarterback. I mean, we've seen teams get to and win the Super Bowls with quarterbacks like Nick Foles, Jared Goff for the Rams, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo made it to the Super Bowl, almost beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for the Steelers to keep it going. And I think part of that is because Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert, they continue to keep up and build that culture that the Steelers appreciate, which is why they're saying, hey, we're keeping you around for another three years. Yeah, and it, my feeling is, and, and you know how it is, in, in, this, uh, in this day of, uh, you know, where we are now with, just hypercritical analysis of every single move that's mm -hmm. made and every single win and loss, uh, you, you forget something. And you mentioned stability. And yes. Mike Tomlin, um, and everybody knows, with Chuck Knoll and with Bill Cowher and, with, and Mike Tomlin, it, it, three coaches since 1969, uh, that is remarkable. But, the, you know, stability doesn't – you know, that's why the stability matters, because when they point to that statistic and they say there's only three head coaches, you know, if Mike Tomlin were to move on, 
I think Pittsburgh fans would be reminded how difficult it is to find a coach who gives you that stability and who's able to continue what this team has enjoyed since 19, since the early 70s. Um, listen, this is a guy who's never had a losing season. He's been to a couple Super Bowls. He's won one. He's won seven division titles. Um, he, his numbers are Hall of Fame numbers uh, in the making. And I, I think it's it's uh, anybody who would suggest, eh, maybe it's a time for, for something new. I don't buy that. Mike Tomlin is their guy. He's proven, and, and he gives you that stability going forward. Um, not only for, for the next couple of years, you're talking about getting back to where they want to be and maybe winning that seven Super Bowl while Ben Roethlisberger is still around, but beyond that. And this is a contract extension that will keep Mike Tomlin under contract with the Steelers through the 2024 season. So if you think about it, that's a long time from 1969 to 2024. Um, that's good stuff for the Steelers. It's very good stuff. And on top of what you're talking about with the stability there, you know, people talk about, oh, Mike Tomlin hasn't done this. You, you know what he has done? He's won. And for people to say, well, he hasn't won a Super Bowl in a long time. Well, you know what? Name another active coach with multiple Super Bowls. The only one you got is Bill Belichick. But you've seen play, you've seen coaches with better quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, like Patrick Mahomes, like Russell Wilson, like Drew Brees. Heck, Peyton Manning only won one Super Bowl when he was in his prime. His last Super Bowl was when he was with the Broncos, his second team, and he wasn't even the, the driving force of that team that year. The fact is that Mike Tomlin, I think, has the 21st most – he's tied for 21st most wins of all time, and a lot of the guys that are ahead of him are, are significantly older, have been coaching more seasons. He has the third highest act, uh, winning percentage of active coaches right now, and one, of, one guy above him is Belichick. The other guy is Sean McVay, who's been around for four years. So for him to be in for 14 years, and again, the non-losing season streak of 14 years uh, to start a career is the, is the longest in NFL history, tied with Marty Schottenheimer. All those things combined shows that the stability is there. The Steelers' problems have been losing in the one-game-lose one, one playoff system that the NFL has had. That's why it's tough for teams like the Saints, like the Seahawks, like, you know, like the Packers, and heck, like the Chiefs, who, you know, yes, they've made it to the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl the last two years, but they have only won one. You know why? Because it's it's lose and you're done. Have a bad day, have a bad injury week, and you're out. And that's a vicious cycle. Whereas in in the NHL, in the NBA, in the MLB, you can lose three times and still have a shot to win it in in, in any round of the playoffs. So um, so absolutely, Mike Tomlin's the guy for the future for the for the Steelers. He has the stability on lock. And by the time this contract is up, he will have been the coach of the Steelers for 18 seasons. Mm -hmm. Chuck Noll was 23 if you're keeping score at home. All right, back with more of Halftime Adjustments with Chris Carter right after this. Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. Albie Oxenrider with Chris Carter, and we're going to shift the focus from Mike Tomlin and the Steelers to the hockey world and the Penguins and the NHL and, and what's going to be a real exciting next few weeks as the Penguins finish up their regular season, get some playoff positioning. Nothing is etched in stone, far from it, Chris, uh, with, with just a couple handfuls of games left in the regular season. Uh, it's very much up in the air where the Penguins might finish first, second, third, or fourth. Yeah, I'll be, it's very much up in the air. This is something I was talking about just, you know, last week and two weeks ago on this show was, you know, the the fact that they were able to win so much in March, it has afforded them the chance to have some slip-ups here. And, 
even though they didn't slip up against the against the Devils on Tuesday, you know, it looked a little scary when you saw the, the early goal lead and then the Devils charging back late. And you're like, oh, that, that's a problem. Now, Albie, I think Tristan Jari is showing that he's a talented goalie right now, that he's definitely, you know, a guy to look out for. But you still don't know what Tristan Jari will be like in the playoffs. You know, and we've seen ye- plenty of years where the Penguins have had really good regular season goaltending and then have fallen apart in the playoffs. So, you know, there's still things you want to see there. But the whole point of this of, of this stretch right now is just maintain position. Don't fall back too far in the standings. Get a good matchup in the playoffs so that you can that you can come out and play, you know, start the playoffs strong and get on a roll and get your guys healthy so that they can play in the playoffs. You do that, I think you're you're in you're in for a good run. But again, you you do you do have to look at the concern. The goalies, they've played really well at times this season, but you know, if they run into some into some rough patches, this could this would be the wrong time of the year to lose your stuff that you've been putting together all season long. Yeah, and and part of the and you don't want to you don't want to jump ahead too much. You certainly want to uh, see the regular season end before you start talking about this. But we have the luxury of talking about anything we want, and and one of those things is what would be the best matchup for the Penguins. Um, going into the playoffs. And you're right, it is goaltending is essential in the playoffs. It, it is a little bit different when you get to that point. Um, listen, Washington would be a tough, tough matchup for Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, but I think the Islanders would also be a tough matchup. Everybody points to the fact that the Penguins have won six out of the eight games in the regular season against the Islanders. But I think the playoffs and that system that they employ uh, is a totally different thing. And um, so I don't think that would be easy. The Bruins are coming on strong. They've won five in a row now. Yeah. Uh, so the Bruins, especially if they get those goaltenders going, uh, that could be a tough matchup. The answer is there are no easy matchups in the playoffs. And um, I just think the, the Penguins at this point have to worry about what they can control. And what they can control is, is winning, racking up as many points as possible, um, the position will be what it is. I mean, it, it, you know, when, when you're talking about one point between first place and second place and only three more points to fourth place, um, what's going to happen is going to happen. There's no way to predict that. But the Penguins know they can control their own deal by winning and racking up points and playing their best hockey going into the playoffs because that's a very underrated thing. Everybody talks about points. Everybody talks about playoff positioning. Most important in this ingredient is that a team is going like this as they go into the playoffs. If you're building, if you're playing well, and if you're playoff ready, then you're going to be best prepared for postseason. Absolutely. Like you said, it is more so about the Penguins, right? And that's what every team has to believe. That's what the Steelers believe when they go to the playoffs. It's about them, not about the other team. You know, right. it, it's what I mean, it's what any when you have, especially when you have the talent, when you when you're when you're and that's what the Penguins have. And I, I said this before the season even started, as long as they got Crosby, as long as they got Malkin, as long as they got Latang and Gensel and the guys that they believe in, I think this team can knock with any team in the NHL. Now, granted, like you said, the Islanders coming on, coming on strong. The, the Bruins are coming on strong. The Islanders are, you know, they have a really great home record of, of 19, two and two. Um, so you kind of want to avoid any series that might get you, you might, you might mean you have to win more games there than you do at home. But Albie, I do, um, I, I still like this team's chances 
to get it together, to find ways to win and to compete late in this, in, in this season. Because again, they have the guys who've been there. It's different when you have a locker room that's like, hey, we don't know what this environment's like. We don't know what these pressures are like. But when you have those guys in your roster that, hey, not only have I been here, I've won here. And they have several guys who've been through that. They can set the tone. And the thing is, I don't even think they really need to because a lot of the guys in my roster are like, yeah, we, we get what it, what, it, what it takes here. So, um, and again, this is they're fortunate to be in a sport that affords them like, hey, if we lose today, we can bounce back tomorrow and get right back at it in the playoffs. And I think there might be some struggles like that in these playoffs with the talent that we've seen um, you know, in their division and in their conference. I think that there's definitely going to be some games where you're just like, oh, man, they looked overmatched and that other team's got it. But we've how many times have we seen that over the years, Albie, where you think one team is just going to get dominated in the playoffs and then the next day, the other the other team's coming right back and saying, nope, we're right in this mix. Yeah, and I think that one of the things you have to look at when you look at the Penguins is is their makeup. You know, you after the trade deadline, you always um, – you don't necessarily worry about it, but it's always a concern to make sure the chemistry is still there. I think they did a good thing by acquiring Jeff Carter. I think that Carter gives them some veteran experience, and if they get Malkin back, and he's, you know, the fact that he was skating in the morning skate yesterday is a huge deal, not to mention Kapanen. And then you have Crosby, and, and you and you have um, Jeff Carter thrown into that mix, as well as Gensel, and as well as uh, Brian Rust, who's enjoying a, a great season. And, and, and these are guys who, who do have that uh, that that experience that they can lend to the younger players that perhaps haven't experienced what they have. Um, listen, I, I like the mix right now, and I, I I agree with what Jake Gensel said said right before the trade deadline, and that was. Don't, we're okay. We don't need too much right now. So they appear to have done that with the addition of Jeff Carter uh, being their big thing going. Hey, in. as you see on this show, anytime you add a Carter, only good things happen. I like it. <laughs> I like the way you think. <laughs> back with more of Halftime Adjustments right after this. Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. We've talked about the Steelers. We've talked about the Penguins. Well, why not talk about the Pirates? And I, for one, uh, in realizing that 16 games doesn't make a season, uh, I'm impressed with what the Pirates have done. It's not just the fact that, that they're hanging around 500, they're a little bit below, but it's the fact that they have uh, rebounded from er some early season routes and, and much, much doubt on the outside, Chris. They're just doing their thing without Cabrian Hayes, by the way, which is no small deal. So I'm impressed so far. I know it's not a complete season, but let's give these guys a chance to develop as a team. Yeah, I, I agree, Albie. I mean, heck, you know, you know, full, full disclosure, we're recording this before, you know, you know, during one of during the doubleheader series today. So this may change, but uh, they're six and four in their last 10 games. You had told me that they were six and four in any stretch of the ten games of the of this season. I'd be like, "Hey, that's pretty good, guys," um, because we we were going into the season thinking it's doom and gloom for the Pirates. And but you're right, they're seven and nine. They're tied with the Cubs at the bottom of the bottom of the division. You know, everyone expected this team to come in last place. But if this team can be remotely competitive and you know keep and keep themselves in range, that that's all that fans need this year. We know that the Pirates aren't going to be a playoff team or pushing for the playoffs, but you want to see this team fight you want to see this team battle and those are the moments that that build endearment to 
uh, with, with, with fans and they're like, hey, you know what? Yeah, you were overmatched by this other team that had all the – I mean, the way they, they, bought, they, they split a series with the Padres. You know, that, that kind of moment makes you feel good. When you play, play an organization that's paying huge money to like Manny Machado and Blake Snell and, and, Fred, and Tatis and all these other guys, and you're able to go and knuck with those guys and battle back and forth – That'll give fans that'll give fans like, hey, these guys ain't so bad after all. Now, granted, I'm not trying to paint the Pirates like they're going like they they're going to maintain this pace for sure. They're I still expect them to hit a really rough patch at some point this season, Albie, where they're going on some losing streaks and everyone's going to be like, ah, oh, here we go. But to your to what you're saying, Albie, is the fact that they're fighting it all this season, despite how everyone's counted them out and despite how everyone kind of doesn't expect anything from them. I think it speaks positively. And like you said, they're missing the best player and the guy that's supposed to be the person who's going to lead them in, into the next era of them, you know, of a resurgence and Cabrian Hayes. They're missing him and they're still making it happen. Um, you know, I, I've been impressed by what Brian Reynolds has been able to put together. He's hitting over 300, you know, it's still early in the season, but him and Adam Frazier hitting over 300. You got Colin Moran doing his normal April thing where he just, you know, he belts home, he belts home runs. I mean, he is, uh, I believe he has four already. Um, so like, you know, it, it's been very cool to see those things, but again, this season is about, not about this year. It's about finding the guys for the future years. And I, and I think that they're doing a solid job with what they have right now. Yeah. And, and I go back to something I said uh, before the season began, and that is uh, high expectations will be a team's worst enemy, but low expectations can be a team's best friend. And the fact that nobody expected the pirates to do anything this year, even to the point where. They were laughable to some uh, pundits on the outside. Mm -hmm. um, they are overachieving in my mind. Now, it may not continue, and they certainly may uh, hit a rough patch in the season. There's yeah. no question about that. But that's to be expected. Mm -hmm. And I think for every game they win, every game they win, and if they once they get to that 10 win mark, um, you know, that's going to be, all right, check it off. All right getting there and then you work on the next one and and I, I just think that every little step forward for this team you, you can you can check it off and say okay we're, we're learning we're building we're getting better we'll take our lumps and I think that everybody fully expects that with those low expectations and that's why you can go out and uh, win a few games and have some fun I can tell you this it's fun to see fans at PNC Park that's um, for sure and, and it's it's fun to see the Pirates playing a full season after the shortened season last year. Um, these are all positive signs. And remember, get Cabrian Hayes back, and, and the Pirates could be thinking uh, at least being competitive. And I think being competitive for this team is a big win. No, absolutely. That's all, that's all it's about. It doesn't matter what you think of Albie. If they are competitive this year, they are going to they, – they're going to impress people, and they're going to get fans to the ballpark. Um, and, and, and like you said, it's really cool to see the fans in the stands and to see, and to see them react. And, and, when they, when the, and when the Pirates give those fans a, a cool moment, I, I think those are the things you're holding on to for this season, hoping that at some point at the end of this season or when next season starts up, then you'll see a full capacity PNC Park crowd. And even if the Pirates aren't fixed by then and they're not ready to go and say, hey, let's make a playoff push to get into the wild card race, um, still seeing that would be cool. But again, what they're doing right now, we, you see their pitching struggles. You see you know, guys like Mitch Keller, you're like, uh, I don't know what's going on with him. But, you know, now, now it's time you get to, if you see guys step up this year, don't forget some of the things that we're looking for this year is if, 
you know, if, you know, some of the older guys in the rounds, if Colin Moran, you know, has, has a strong, if he's able to keep, you know, up some pace after April and he starts to figure more things out, when the trade deadline hits and there's those teams that are looking to make a run, who's willing to cough up the prospects that can be part of the, the future for the Pirates? Because that's another thing. They got to get their farm system back in order. Um, I know they're working with the alternate site and then eventually minor league baseball is going to return. But, you know, if they can, if they can, you know, plan ahead and get some younger guys that end up being part of those pieces of the future we're talking about, Albie, that's how you win. Yeah, and the other thing is when you look at big market teams, teams that spend a lot of money like the Cubs and like the Yankees, um, you know, trying to find their way through the early part of the season, that even makes it more special that the Pirates were able to do it uh, with what with their situation. All right, back with our final moments here. Time flies when you're having fun on Halftime Adjustments. Chris and I will be right back after this. Hey, welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. Our final moments here as we help you get over the hump and into Thursday. There's nothing like it. Thursdays in some ways, Chris, are better than Fridays. Would you agree with that? Not here. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. You're crazy. Fridays are still the day of the week, but it's been a wild week for Pitt basketball because after a long time of not hearing about any new commits, uh, they've gotten back-to-back days Monday and Tuesday uh, with getting new recruits out of the transfer uh, portal. They got uh, a forward in Oladapo from Oakland who looks like a really good rebounder who can help with the boards and maybe come off the bench to help Champagny. And they got a guard from Texas Tech who's used to distributing the basketball and getting assists. If, uh, if they can get those two guys to be contributors next year, that's another piece to the puzzle for Capel. But he still needs that major recruit this year. Efton Reed's still out there. It looks like they might be on the outs with him. But if they can land some, some person that's big and help with next year and get Justin Champagne back, who knows? Maybe the Panthers will be fighting for in the ACC next year. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's certainly uh, a good time to be able to uh, it, it kind of with, – with everybody talking about the draft coming up and with everybody talking about the Penguins, with everybody talking about the Pirates and, and what we've talked about, it's, it's a good time for Pitt just to kind of make some moves behind the scenes, get a few recruits in here, and, and start building back up for Jeff Gable. Absolutely. All right. That would do it. Just like that, we're through these uh, th- th- this whole extravaganza. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Chris Carter. We'll see you next week on WPXI Now.